Welcome to the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and this is the place where Kingdom heirs go to be informed and inspired. So sit back, relax, and flow with me. Welcome to another episode of the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and today I have a special guest. Uh, He is a man of many talents, many hats he wears. Um, He's an investor, trader of stocks, uh, family man, and some other things that we'll get into a little bit later, but his name is Joel Rodney Harrison. Joel, I am so excited to have you on, and I appreciate you joining. Oh, I appreciate being here. You know, I always love to share the knowledge and, yes, uh, you know, explain to people what I'm doing and how I've gotten to where I am. So yes, uh, I'm welcome. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So I want to start off just, you know, talking about your family structure. Um, I know that you're married um, and have children. Is that correct? Most tough. The most tough. I've been married for 17 years. 17 years. And I, okay. Yeah. And I got two. Uh, I got two adolescents. So I'm almost, you know, I almost got them in college. Uh, OK. So, uh, almost so, a semester. <laughs> most up, most up. So, uh, you know, um, you know, we had to uh, create a balance within our family to be able to do all the things that, you know, that we do. And I try to share my life experiences because, you know, a lot of the times, you know, uh, people are educate, but it would only be on the education side. So I try to I try to put a little piece of what I'm doing in reality so that people can know that an average Joe, because I call myself an average Joe. Uh, but you can invest in this market. And uh, my job is to try to make it not so scary. Yes. Yes. And that that's what pulled me into it a little quicker because mm-hmm. uh, I've been talking about doing it forever. You know, mm-hmm. we always talk about like, yeah, I'm going to put some money in the market and you don't really know <laughs> what to do. And then, you know, this whole thing with Robin Hood kicked off and people just started <laughs> throwing money into things, you know, which it's not a bad idea, but you got to know how to get into it, what to get into, or you're just going to lose, you know, your, your lunch money every week, you know, doing that. So true, true. And, uh, and uh, just a little bit about myself. I, uh, you know, I started out in real estate. So uh, that was my that was my uh, corporate America type job that I had. I was a real estate agent, but um, I was I was heavily invested in the real estate market. I had over 10 houses. Uh, I was showing people how to flip homes. And in 2008 and 2009, the real estate market crashed. And that was the first time in my life I realized that making money, I was I was I was, uh, you know, I was providing a service for people. And that's how I was being you know, that's how I was getting paid. Mm. But I never really knew how to generate income, you know, taking money and making money with that money. And it was the first time in my life that I felt you know, useless, you know, and I don't, you know, a lot of people lose their jobs and I I had been winning my whole life. So it it was really humbling to not be able to go out and get a job. So um, I had to learn the hard way and the stock market was the easiest way for me to learn a skill set. And I try to teach people that skill set now, because if I had had that skill set back in the day, Mm. I was like, man, I would have been trading when I was in college. I would have been trading when I was in real estate and I would have been doing it ever since I was young. So my job is to try to give everybody the fundamentals and the basics 
the basic things that they need and what to look for so that they won't make the same mistakes that so many of us have made. I love corporate America. I'm not telling people to to quit and not do a nine to five job. But what we've been doing is we we you know, we get comfortable with that job. And then when that job gets taken away from you, you're like, oh, my God, how do I? earn income. And and some people will start out with a restaurant business or start out with that business. But why are we not learning the basic building blocks of business, which is the which is the stock market, right? Right. All the businesses that we get involved with in every day, the McDonald's and the Walmarts and the Targets, we should have learned at at an early age how those businesses work and operate, capitalize on that. So as we become adults and we start having money that we want to put into the market, we know how to go about doing it and not waiting until we're 30, 40 or 50 uh, to learn that skill set. So right. that's, that's pretty much what I've been doing. And, and, and I noticed, too, that, you know, and I, you, like you said, you, you kind of demonstrate a lot of that, the way you live and the things you do with like with your own family. So you put it out mm-hmm. there like you have your sons and, and even your wife and you're teaching them about the market and you're showing them yes. how to invest and do that at an early mm-hmm. age, which is mm-hmm. great. And you also provide a service for that, uh, yes. you know, teaching families, teaching kids. I think you've, you've done stuff in churches and, you know, yes. different groups and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, getting that kind of experience early is important. But for you, you learned it through going kind of through a crisis. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how did you how did you get that knowledge for yourself to start investing? What did you well, all right. So I'm going to be honest with you. When I was in real estate in Atlanta, I was selling real estate in some high end areas. So um, a lot of my clients had wealth. So as a real estate agent, I was always able to see the financial records of all of my clients. Mm. And I and I realized real early that the wealthy operate totally different from the rich or the people that have, you know, stable jobs. So when the market started to turn, I started to, you know, a, a lot of my wealthy friends were telling me, the rotation of money. And they were like, oh, this is normal. And I'm like, this is normal. This is a crisis. And they're like, no, you know, money rotates out of the market. It goes into these other different areas and it just rotates into, you know, different fields. You know, it usually starts with the stock market, then the stock market, uh, you know, people make money there and then they put that money into real estate and, and, you know, into paintings and all these other things that we were taught uh, not to invest in. You know, I had friends that were, flipping like Ferraris and Lamborghinis. And when we were growing up, we were told, you know, it's hood rich. If you buy those type, if you buy the Rolexes, if you buy the big gold chains, you know, that's right. hood rich. But my wealthy friends were doing it and they were like, nah, it's not hood rich. It's, it's, you got to know how to go about doing it. And I don't want to really go into that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But when the real estate market started to crash, they were talking about shorting the market. And I was like, what the heck is shorting? And they were like, yo, you know, you can make money on the market going down. You know, money is like energy. It's neither created nor destroyed. It's just right. transferred from one entity to another. So when people yes, are losing money, somebody else is making money. So exactly. if you know what side to be on, then there is never a time that you can't make money. And the stock market is the only market that you can make money on when things are good and when things are bad. And uh, and that's when the light bulb went off and uh, they were buying gold. They were buying, uh, you know, and then every and then as soon as the real estate market crash started, you started seeing a we buy gold business on every corner. Yes. And I was like, man, when I was growing up, you know, when Run DMC put those gold chains on, everybody said, don't do that. Put your money over here. 
And they're telling me, no, your money is supposed to be in precious metals. It's supposed to be in, you know, all of these different items that we're not supposed to invest in, but there's a way to do it. Exotic cars, paintings, the stock market, real right. estate, and money just rotates. So uh, I learned from my wealthy friends. And, uh, and I tell people that all the time, you know, in my room, I always say, you know, stop listening to the thousandaires and start listening to the millionaires. And, you know, a lot of people get offended when I say that, but there's a lot of truth to that because, you know, a, a, a lot of us get educated. Right. And uh, we got a lot of degrees. And and I love the fact that most of my friends are lawyers and doctors and engineers and all of these different things. And, you know, we you know, um, and we can be anything that we want to be. But just because you have a degree in something doesn't mean that you're an expert in it. And um, I love seeing I love listening to other people that have actually made money Mm -hmm. um, show me how it's supposed to be done. And uh, I take all of that knowledge that I've learned from real estate, because I love real estate, and from that wealth. And then I try to teach the fundamental basics of money, which so many of us just don't understand. Very true. Very true. And and again, that that transparency, I think, is what's key. And some people Mm -hmm. can't handle that. Like you say, in the the room, you know, in in the the room on Facebook, a lot of people, I see a lot of comments where people are like, Joe's just (laughs) out there flexing on the gram or, you know, flexing (laughs) about this or that, you know, talking about vacations or talking about the cars or just talking showing, actually showing receipts of money that you've gained, showing your Mm -hmm. investment account. I know you've got the millionaire challenge that that you got out there and you crossed Mm -hmm. over that 500,000 mark. People are like, exactly. People are like, well, I've seen people like, well, why is he putting that out there? Is he trying to show us this and that? And, you know, and, and most people uh, is positive, but you always get those haters out there, you know, but you're doing that to say, hey, if you follow these steps, I'm telling you guys the same things that I've learned. I'm giving you the same knowledge. I'm not hiding anything specifically just for me. I'm giving you guys the playbook. You just got to follow it. And I notice a lot of people just want to follow, like you said, the thousandaires. And you've got tons of quotables that you put out there. I mean, you can <laughs> probably start a line of T-shirts of just your quotables um, in general. But, you know, it's, it's just interesting because, you know, people look at, you know, in our community, I'll say in the black community, we've always looked at investing or stock investing as, you know, something that was sort of taboo. You know, you didn't really do it. You know, you may do a 401k type thing, which is something you should do. But, you know, stocks are always a risk. You know, it's a risk to do a stock, but they'll go and do those scratch offs all the time. And, you know, that that's a bigger risk than anything, you know. Um, but how in your in your counseling consultations that you've done, you know, what are some of the hardest things that you've had to try to break people from some of those hard traditions that you've had to break off for some of your people that, that are coming to you? Well, well, first things first, uh, I always tell people that investing is easy. It's, that's the easy part. Right. The, the, the making money in the market is the easiest thing that you can possibly do. So you got to start understanding that investing is not even an option anymore. It's mm-hmm. essential. And, uh, you know, um, I'm a numbers guy. Uh, my brain really only sees things in numbers. Even when I did the S&T, the, uh, the SAT uh, back in the day, my, um, my, my math score was like double my verbal score because that's just how my brain works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're brought up thinking, you know, one plus one is equal to two. And I say, but you weren't ever taught inflation. You, didn't, you weren't taught that in the future, what you think the cost of something is going to, you know, what you think the cost of something 
is right now is not going to be that value in the future. I would, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my sons were looking at pickup trucks. Like one of my younger sons love pickup trucks. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's looking at F one fifties, he's looking at Raptors, he's looking at all these different things. And when you go on auto trader, now you're going to notice that some of these pickup trucks, these modest looking vehicles that you see people driving around are $120,000. Yeah. yeah. Right. For brand new, pickup truck and i remember a pickup truck was like seven eight nine thousand dollars and now it's 120 back in the day that's how much a bentley or rolls royce would cost right. now why is that happening no it's not because of the technology of the vehicle it's because the things that you're buying right now the value of that dollar is decreasing right so you have to start thinking way you know you got to be thinking way bigger than you're actually thinking you know if you're making if you're making a modest 30 40 50 thousand dollars a year there's nothing wrong with that but what you should be doing is trying to invest 10 percent of what you're making so that in 10 or 15 years what you invest can can be uh, worth 10 times the amount right. so that you can have a higher buying power and that's the part that none of us are able to see unless you've been in the game and you've seen how much things have gone up in price. There's nothing to be a millionaire anymore. There's so many millionaires that you've never heard of. There's so many billionaires that you've never heard of. Right. Back in the day, you can name every billionaire on your hand within our lifetime. Right. So it's not an option anymore. It's essential. So the, you know, the, the later that you learn, you're just getting left behind. So my job is to try to get people involved early. I don't teach uh, uh, one, uh, one big thing that a lot of people do when they come into the market also is they want to make that fast money. Right. I tell people to do it all. All right. Uh, if you were, if you were an athlete, you know, they're going to always tell you, you can't just come into the NBA and have a three point shot. You got to be able to play some defense, you got to be able to dribble. Yeah, you got to have some, you got to be, you got to have some people skills. Right. Like there's a lot of things that you have to do. You got to be educated to, to make it to the NBA. You just can't be an athlete. Right. Yes. And uh, I tell people the same thing about the stock market. You can't just come in saying, I want to make quick money. Now I want you to make quick money, but you need to learn the long game. You need to learn the mid game. You need to learn the short term game. You need to learn everything about it. And the only way that you're going to learn about it is by doing it. Right. Uh, the biggest myth in the world, I mean, the biggest mistake that a lot of people also make is they think that they make money depending on how much education they have studying companies. Like, oh, my God, I got to put in all of this studying so that I can make it big by hitting this one company. And I'm like, nah. Like the Amazons, the Apples, the Googles, the same companies that you use every single day can make you rich, right? right? You just got to learn how to take 10% of whatever you make and start reinvesting it in yourself. And uh, once you start seeing those 100% uh, percent returns or those 1,000% returns, not only will you start doing it daily, but every time you get hold of any money, you're going to learn how to pay yourself first. And, uh, you know, that's that's one of the key things that I try to teach uh, my clients, you know, within our first two consultations, how right. to position yourself in the market so that you can win all the time.
And I think that's important because a lot of people that I've talked to, you know, even recently, they they want to just take a lump sum of money, put it in and just let it sit there and, and <laughs> let it ride, you know. Exactly. Um, and you have a, a, a term that you kind of coined. Um, I know you said you were trying to actually see if you can get it uh, trademark, but stock mortgage. Exactly. Um, and, and I want to I want to mention talk about a little, little bit about that, because you bought your first Tesla kind of going through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, c- can you kind of explain that a little bit? OK, so a regular mortgage, you know, we go out, we uh, you know, we go to the bank, we uh, we get a loan, you know, for the house that we want. Most of us can't really afford. Well, not afford, but most of us aren't liquid enough to have three, four five hundred thousand dollars to buy a particular house. So we usually go to the bank. They may give us a three, four or seven percent interest rate. We end up, you know, um, borrowing the money from the bank and we make those payments every single month. But after 30 years, you find out that that three hundred thousand dollar loan, you end up paying like over a million dollars for. Right. And a lot of people don't know that. So a stock mortgage is set up the same way, but instead of going to the bank, you are the bank, all right? And uh, you know, it's a it's a dollar cost averaging, uh, you, and everybody can go and Google this right now. What's DC? We call it DCA or dollar right. cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging is when you buy a stock um, over and over again over a certain amount of time, and you try to average in your price. So you might buy some at $50, you might buy some at $40, but your average price will be right around $45. Well, the stock mortgage is a short mortgage that you create for yourself. And, uh, what I did was, um, you know, um, I was real hum, you know, a lot of people say I'm flashy and this, that, and the other. And it's kind of <laughs> funny to me because I'm like, yo, you haven't seen what I've gone through in the last 10 years. I was, driving an Acura MDX that was paid off. Right. And, uh, and we had like a, we had a BMW, but it was a three series, nothing really flashy about it. And that's what we drove, you know, for the last 10 years. But, um, what I, what I told myself 10 years ago was I'm not going to go and get a loan for a car anymore. What I'm going to do is I want to be the bank. So what I did was, um, you know, um, I took $30,000, but I broke up that $30,000 over a five year period. And one of my favorite cars is a Tesla and I wanted a Tesla S. So the average payment for 30, like if you took $30,000, you divide it by 60 payments because most of us have a five-year loan, mm-hmm. that's going to be right around $500 a month. And that's with a 0% interest rate. Right. So, you know, instead of going to the, you know, instead of going to the bank and getting a loan for $30,000 and buying a car that I thought was going to be average. I said to myself, I want to buy the car of my dreams. I don't, you know, I've been buying cars my whole life. I'm, you know, I'm in my forties. It's time for me to live a little bit. You know, I have a lot of things under my belt. I've been pretty responsible. I owe that to myself. So instead of paying the bank $500, I said, you know what? I'm going to start buying Tesla stock. Mm -hmm. So I bought $500 worth of Tesla stock. And I did that every single month. $500, $500, the same car payment that I would, that uh, the same payment that I would use in, in a, um, you know, for a car payment, I paid myself. I just bought on the first of the month, $500 worth of Tesla. And after those five years, instead of it being worth $30,000 or you paying the bank a hundred and something thousand dollars, my equity ended up being over a hundred thousand dollars. And wow. then you know, a $30,000 investment is now worth four or five times that amount. And now I can go out and I can buy any car that I want to. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And, and of course, when I went and bought that car, I got a lot of flack for 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 being flashy. And I'm like, guys, it's a Tesla, you know, you know, it's a Tesla for my wife. And uh, and that's how I went about doing it. But it's called a stock mortgage. It's a mortgage that you create for yourself in a company that has high growth potential. Mm-hmm. And I teach people how to find companies that grow in value, uh, because a lot of us think that stock price is where we make our money. And it's the, oh my God, it's the one thing that's killing a lot of us when we first get into investing. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. glad you mentioned that because that was my thing. I'm like, oh, this stock is only $2. I need to buy a bunch of that and hope (laughs) it goes up to $10 and, you know, we'll be rich, you know, and and that mentality was out there until I started, you know, listening to the group and and listening to you. So go go ahead. I just wanted to say something about that because that that was me. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, so many people, they come into the market and they think that numbers are like, like, like they look at it like it's real estate, right? They think, right. oh, because Tesla was a $700 stock, that means Ford can go to $700. Right. And that's not how the stock market works. Like these companies have a certain size, right? And you make your money on the growth or the, of the size of that company growing in value. And if they're, um, and their stock price is going to reflect it, but you got to know what their market cap is. And this is the stuff that I teach people all the time. Like just, just in general, like, you know, we look for companies that are a billion dollars. So I know that if it can go go to $10 billion, that's 10 times, I can make 10 times my money. But if a company is already too big, it can't grow 10 or 15 or 20 times its value, no matter what the stock price is. And it's the, it's, it's the number one challenge that I have teaching you know these grown adults how to do it now kids the kids that i teach they all learn this day one when they're in fifth and sixth grade Mm -hmm. but it's my adults that are making the biggest mistakes so um you know it's my job to try to teach the market capitalization and know what to look for so that they don't get caught up in stock price anymore because Advanced traders don't care the don't care about stock price. We care about the growth of the company, and with uh, with uh, brokerages out there that will allow you to buy partial stocks or fractional shares, you can invest in any company you want to. You don't have to worry about Amazon being three thousand dollars a share. If you want right. to invest thirty dollars in Amazon, you you have the ability to do it. And if Amazon grows three times its value, your thirty dollars is going to grow three times its value. So it really it really opened the game up where any and everybody can invest in anything that they want to. And share price means absolutely nothing these days. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, it's my job to try to, uh, to try to um, break that habit. And, and that's good because, you know, I know people that look at Amazon and like, Oh, I want to own, you know, Amazon, but you know, I can't buy $3,000 worth of it. And like you said, there are platforms like Robinhood and others that you can go and buy fractional shares, but they'll look at it like if I'm going to spend $3,000, I'll go buy $3,000 of Carnival Cruise Line. And Carnival Cruise Line, as we know, you know, is not doing so hot right now. Exactly. Uh, but they're like, I can buy a, a buttload of shares and I exactly. can, ha- you know, I can, I can have all this. And in one day it will grow and be big. But if they would have put 3000 you know, if they had 3000 to invest and they put it, they couldn't buy a full share of Amazon, but they got most of a share that will grow over time because Amazon can have gains daily, you know, a small percent gain for them is huge, you know, compared to what you would get for those smaller companies. And it takes a longer amount of time to get to that point. Um, so that, that, that was something I learned, you know, from you off, off 
the top was look at market cap, you know, look at companies mm-hmm. that are billion dollars or higher. Um, I think some of them you call meme stocks where they're, they're you know, <laughs> smaller companies um, that have potential growth. And I know you've, you've endorsed a few of them um, to potentially look at, you know, that have an opportunity they're, they're close to that range, but they haven't crossed the, the, the billion dollars yet. Um, but that, that is really breaking cycles that a lot of people had. And like I said, myself included, you know, I look at the share price versus looking at the company, what its growth potential is. Everybody wants to hit that, that lottery stock, you know, or like the the (laughs) AMCs or, uh, you know, the game stops and things like that, you know, or in the crypto world, everybody wants a Dogecoin pop and, you know, that that is not, you know, that's not a, a regular occurrence. So, right. And, and I mean, you can find companies like that. You just got to understand how big they are. Like, like, like when I ask, when I tell people, you know, you want to buy Apple, I say, all right, so you want to buy Apple. So how big do you think Apple is going to grow in the next 10 years? And everybody will say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Aren't they making a whole bunch of iPhones? And I say, well, how do you know how big Apple is? Right. And they're like, no, I, the share price is 150. Can it go to a thousand? And I'm like, Apple's a $2 trillion company. It took 30 years for it to get to $2 trillion. You, so you make your money from the growth of that company. So if Apple goes from $2 trillion to $4 trillion, no matter how much you invest, it's going to double in value. And then the light bulb goes off for everybody. And they're like, oh, shoot. So I should be buying small companies that can grow in value. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't buy Apple. Right. Apple is still growing at about 10 to 20% a year. But if you're trying to make a hundred percent return or double your money or triple your money in one year, Apple might not be that route for you to go. And they're thinking that because Apple makes so much money, they're right. going to get a piece of what Apple is making. And yeah, I'm like, that's, not, like how, that. that, that's <laughs> not how stocks work. <laughs> yeah, it's not a one to one type thing that they have. Uh, so pay money to make all those products. So exactly. You know, they, they, their profit margins are a little different than what's going to show up on the stock. So exactly. But, but that's that that financial literacy, I think, is key. And that's important. And just mm-hmm. that little bit right there will probably save a lot of people some frustration. Uh, but you also have the emotional part of it. And mm-hmm. you always talk about, you know, you can't be emotional when you're investing. So I know you've mentioned some times where you, you've pulled the trigger on certain deals that you didn't mm-hmm. mean to because emotions got the best of you. So talk a little <laughs> bit about that. You know, how, how does the emotion piece play into investing and trading for you? All right. So first, first things first, let's break down trading versus investing, because a lot of people yes. don't even know the difference. Right. Yes. Investing is when you buy something and you hold it for 12 months minimum. So I don't care how much money you can. I got people to tell me this all the time. Joel, I got $150,000. I just put it in Moderna and I put it in Moderna as an investment. And, you know, I want to see what it can do in three months. And I tell people, well, that's a trade. That's mm. not an investment. Right. And they're like, it's an investment because I put 150K in it. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> they're thinking it's a short term investment. No, right. it's a short term trade. Yeah. And if you're if you're I always tell people if you're going to buy something and I call it flipping stock, just mm-hmm. like flipping real estate. Think about it. I, got, I can buy the house that I live in that I'm not going to be emotional. Well, I'm emotional over it when I buy it. Mm-hmm. But most people, when they buy their house that they live in, they probably overpay it. Why? Because they know they're going to be in it for 20 or 30 years. They may have bought it in a district where it has a good school system and they're going to ride it out no matter what happens. Right. But when you're flipping a house, you don't think that way. When you're flipping a house, 
everything has to line up very quickly because I got to buy that house. I got to renovate that house. I got to sell that house. Mm. So there's going to be a lot of emotion involved because there's a time frame involved. When you're investing in things, you're investing in companies like Apple and Amazon for the long run. So that means that no matter what happens, the CEO can die. You you can still make money in the next 10 to 20 years because you're going to be able to withstand any of those ups and downs. You're going to be able to withstand COVID. You're going to be able to withstand the real estate market crisis, right? right? So there shouldn't be emotion into companies that you hold for longer than a year. But if you're going to flip stock and you're emotional about the stock, then you need to understand the technicals. So if you can't read a stock chart, Mm. if you can't tell me the support levels, the resistance levels, the 200-day moving average, the Fibonacci retracements on that particular company, there's no reason or why you should be buying something, trying to make money on it within the next, you know, three, four, five, or even 12 months. You can do it, but just understand that you're trading and traders use technical tools. Investors don't necessarily need technical tools. They're buying fundamentally good companies that are going to grow over the next five to 10 years. Right. So um, hopefully um, a lot of your listeners can understand. That's the first thing that I tell people within the first five minutes of the consultation. Are you trading or investing? I'm buying Apple, Joel, and I want to make, are you trading or investing? <laughs> and, and, that, that is, and it is a difference because I know a lot of people, again, get into the market because they want to be investors. And like you said, they're, they're wanna, as soon as they see the stock price drop of a company, they're mm-hmm. like, I'll sell it all. Let's sell it now. It's going down, you know, without even exactly. having... Now, I've been knowing a good entry point, knowing when you, you know, when you truly want to get out, you know, and, exactly. and that that is it, it's tough because nobody wants to see money. You know, they think money's going out the door. Nobody wants to lose any money. But, right. you know, there are times where that happens. And really, if you're investing, you know, one of the things that I learned was that's the time you go buy more when the stock price drops. You know, exactly. if you believe in this company, you want to go long term into it, you, you know, <laughs> buy it on the dip, you know, it's and, a lot. And and it's crazy because I don't understand why the stock market is the only market on earth where if somebody buys it at a high price and it drops in price, nobody wants to buy more. And I'm like, in any other investing vehicle that you use in real estate, if I buy a house for 200 grand and I see the house across the street go for 150, I'm running out there trying to buy it. Right. If you go to the car dealership and you're trying to buy a car for 30,000 and then all of a sudden you go on auto trader and you see it for 24K, you're going to run and buy it for 24K. And the stock market, (laughs) if you buy Apple at 200 and it drops to 100, everybody thinks, oh, my God, Apple's going to zero. And I'm like, no, it's on sale. You should be buying more. You should be dollar cost averaging and creating a stock mortgage because chances are in the next five to 10 years, that stock is going to be significantly higher. So we got to learn how to buy things when they're on sale, which is buying the dip, like you mentioned. And and that just goes back to doing the research on the company. You know, if if this Mm -hmm. is a company that, you know, is, is historically done well, it's right. always going to have dips. I mean, I've looked at charts and, you know, year over year and you can almost see around the same time certain dips take place, you mm-hmm. know, around the same time every year, there's always a sell off and then it comes back up again and it's a cyclical thing, you know, and yep. 
doing that helps me to take the emotion out of it because it's like okay i bought like i have i've had apple stock for a little bit now because i think i mm-hmm. I started i invested back in uh january and i have like okay. probably 40 shares of apple stock now mm. um cool cool congratulations appreciate it but it took me a while to get to that get the nerve to do it because i'm like all right, <laughs> right i don't right. know if i want to do this and as soon as i bought it the stock dropped the price mm. dropped on it yep. um and I was like, oh, here we go. So I was like, and I and I, <laughs> I almost didn't go and buy more. I did, you know, because I started off originally with five shares, you know, mm-hmm. well, five shares in a couple of different accounts. And I upped it once I saw the price go down. I'm glad I did because now it's back above, you know, it's starting to go back up. Um, you know, I'm seeing, you know, it's definitely above where I bought it at and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm profiting in it now. And, and I see mm-hmm. it continuously doing that. But I almost pulled the plug and said, sell it all, get rid of it, and do it. <laughs> Uh, because of that, that, that fear and that, that emotion that, that comes into trading. And, and, but I know it's a company that is going to make me more than my money just sitting in the bank account and, you know, exactly. not gaining any interest at all, you know? So that, exactly. that's, that, that's one of the things that I, I think people need to understand. And that's why it's important to have people like you who can mm-hmm. walk them through this process and, and mm-hmm. you do it in a way. And I love it because you're, you're very blunt about it. Um, you know, not mean spirited, but you're just like, Hey, right think about it. Think, think of <laughs> think what you're saying. It. You know, you, you're taking all this money, you're throwing it and you're like, don't throw it in. Don't throw it all in this one stock because everybody's talking about this one stock. You know, why do you want to do that? It may not be a bad investment, but you get people to think. And sometimes that challenges folks because, you know, like, well, I'm, I'm paying you to tell me what stock to buy. You're like, well, no, I'm mm. not going to tell you what stock to buy. Mm-mm. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the, the, the mindset around how you should go about picking certain, picking the stock that you want to invest in, or if you're going to trade, but I'm not going to tell you, okay, take this amount of money, go to this stock, take this amount of money, go to that stock. Right. And, uh, and you know, when I first came out, man, I get, I get so much flack for everything. Right. So, you know, just, just even calling my business WWJD, which is what would Joel do? I got so much flack for that. And I'm like, why do I get flack for being myself, right? Like I'm Joel. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to say? What would Jim do? Like, right, like right. what would Joel do? So the so the the whole reasoning behind what would Joel do is I actually want you to ask yourself why. What would Joel do in this situation, right? If I'm buying this and I know that it's 12 months uh, before I sell it, what would how would Joel go about this particular stock? And, uh, and it's not so that I could be glorified. It's mm-hmm. because I've been in the business for a long time and I have a real good foundation as far as the fundamentals. And it's what a lot of us are missing. I've seen so many advanced traders that just don't have the fundamentals in place and they're out there teaching it. And I'm like, guys, if you don't know what a support and resistance level is, it's almost like learning how to build a house without learning how to build a foundation, right? right? You're just building the house up and you don't know what it's built on. And, you know, my job is to always make you question, like, why am I buying this? Mm -hmm. How big is this company? How, how far can it grow? What's the time frame that I want to be in it? How much money do I want to put in? How much can it realistically grow? And you should be able to answer those questions within one minute of analyzing a stock. And I have this program called Mission Impossible that I teach kids. Mm -hmm. And I have kids, man, that can look at a company and within one minute tell you everything about it. And it blows a lot of adults' minds because they thought that investing in this stock market thing was a hard thing. And it's not. It's just that 
we weren't taught what to look for. Right. How big is it? And uh, and most of us can't read charts. Yeah. Like, how are you investing six and seven figures in a company? And you literally can you literally can go on Google and say, what's Apple's uh, five year performance? I know so many people that have dropped a million dollars in Apple and never even went to Google to see what the performance was over the last five years. Right. And then they get mad at me when I say, oh, you're gambling. And they're like, how dare you come at me that way, Joel? And I'm like, you know, you're gambling. Right. Look at the five year performance. If you see that Apple grew 100 percent in five years, then realistically, how much can you make in the next five years? 100 yeah. percent. That simple uh, breakdown of Apple, 99% of my clients that come to me can't even do that. So, you know, um, you know, I, I try my best to make sure that we ask the, 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 the correct questions before we get into something. And I always tell people, look, you can invest in anything. Mm -hmm. You can invest in anything. I'm one of few people that not only teach the fundamentals, but I'm investing in every single thing that everybody says don't invest in. Don't invest in crypto. You're going to lose all your money. Well, I made a killing in it. Don't invest in cannabis stocks. I make a killing in it. You know, right. don't invest in Tesla. Don't invest in this. Don't invest in that. There's a way to do it. But if you don't know how to do it, then, of course, it's going to be gambling. So my job is to teach you how to make that fast money, how to make that slow money, how to invest yeah. how to trade. And, and it's important. And I think if people come to you as a blank canvas and throw away mm -hmm. all the knowledge that they may have gotten, you know, erroneously from other people and just, you know, because there's a lot of there's a lot of bad information out there. I've seen oh, it, yeah. just Googling on the Internet. <laughs> and I'm like and I, and I have those what would Joel do moments. And I'm like, dude, that is wrong. You know, and I'm I'm <laughs> I'm still a noob at it. But I know some of the stuff that people go out and say, you know, go and throw you know, if you've got money, throw all of it into this one stock and just let it sit there. Now, yeah. crypto, you might be able to do a little bit like that because it's, it's a little more volatile. So, yes, mm -hmm. it, it's going to drive you crazy watching it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people start freaking out, you know, the whole Bitcoin when it dropped down, right. you know, it was getting close <laughs> to 20,000 and right, Ethereum right. dropping down low. But, you know, right. what did it do? It came back up. Came and now up. they're talking about it's going to hit, you know, another 100K. High. Yeah. yeah <laughs> By yeah. the end of the year. Yeah. Which... You know, I, I don't I don't put anything past it, but, you know, obviously, you know, those are things that, like you said, people told you don't invest in this, don't invest in that. And, and you didn't take their word for it. You did your research. You know, you don't just throw companies in there because I know I think what you have like 50 companies now that you're invested in. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, you didn't just take your money and just, you know, willy nilly throw it out there in it, you know. Right. But you also show people these are the stocks that I'm invested in and, and mm -hmm. you don't hide that information. You share it, you know, and, and the question then becomes, okay, these are the stocks that he has, but it doesn't mean go out there and buy those stocks right now. Right. You need to find out what is, what are the entry points? What are the things that you exactly. have to, do to, to get into that stock as a good exactly. point? Now, like I said, if you're investing it, that's, you know, entry points might not be as important. It's important, but not as important. Uh, mm -hmm. because you're going to be buying it over time, you know, consistently, or you should be buying it over time consistently. So it's just right. those kinds of things that to me are so important, uh, but a lot of people don't get. So this is what Joe offers guys, you know, uh, you know, this is the, the consultation services that he has. He, he has one-on-ones, he has um, a lot of uh, different classes. I've taken them all, you know, we talked about stocks and we talked about, you know, some of the fundamental things, 
Um, you know, there's options, which a lot of people don't know about. They may hear about them. Mm-hmm. Robinhood has it available on the platform. I know people that have wasted a lot of money <laughs> clicking on options uh, buys on, on Robinhood without really knowing right. what options are. Right. Um, now, for beginners, do you do you normally teach them about options? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, now, I don't teach I don't teach anyone under 18 how to trade because mm-hmm. I don't think it's important for them to know how to trade. Uh, trading, I believe, in my opinion, is for anyone over 18. Once you get, you know, once you're out of high school and you're on, you know, you don't have to go to college. But after 18, that's when I think you should start learning that particular skill set. But options, in my opinion, is the ultimate trading tool that's out there because you're controlling 100 shares. So what does that mean? That means if I look at Airbnb and I see that it's $150, I can control $15,000 worth of Airbnb and not even have $15,000, right? Mm -hmm. I can have $150 and uh, I can benefit on all the upside and I can decrease, you know, my leverage to the downside. I know it sounds complicated, me explaining it right now, but most people that are trading, they're going to be trading in the options world or they're going to be trading in the futures world if they don't have the capital, the $25,000 that's needed to day trade stock. Right. And uh, it's a very exciting place to be because I see so many people buying penny stocks. And I'm like, why are you guys buying penny stocks looking for a 50 or 100% return in a day? When you can go and buy Apple or AMD options and make 50% or 100% a day, you can make the same type of money you're looking for in these penny stocks using the same amount of money. Right. Right. And you can make you can generate better gains with reputable companies. So um, I try to educate people on what the real traders like, like real traders are not trading penny stocks. So anybody that's trading penny stocks out there, I hope that I didn't offend you, but the real traders aren't trading that they're in the options market. But um, that is uh, one of the education. And and I do webinar week every month. So uh, if you're part of the insider trading room, every single solitary month, the first week of the month, I teach a three-day webinar that's over 10 hours and it's live. And I tell people, you're going to learn something in this particular webinar. I hate going to webinars where you, you do the webinar and then at the end of the webinar, you got to pay 10, 20, $30,000 right. to get to that extra elite level. No, yeah. you're going to learn everything in them three days. And in those three days, I teach the basics of stocks. I teach the basics of options. And then I also teach the basics of day trading so that you can get those three skill sets uh, that you can use for the rest of your life. And uh, it's been very, very um, successful over the last year, uh, providing, you know, those three days uh, for people that are coming into the market. You could be brand new, not know anything about investing. I got uh, a bunch of high school students that might come in and they want to learn it, even though I don't really like teaching them the trading side, but some parents will have them also uh, involved in those webinars. And my job is to try to keep it as simple as possible. I try to teach so that a fifth grader could understand what we're doing, but you don't have to feel like, Oh, I'm in the same class as a fifth grader, right? right. Because we're still talking about how to build equity or how to trade and invest in the stock market game. Yeah. And I've talked to, actually, I talked to my wife about that. Cause you know, I was like, I think we need to do a, a family, you know, a family investing class that you do, uh, mm-hmm. But I want because my my fifth grade son, he's he's watched, he's listened to the videos with me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in the mm-hmm. classes and then, I, you know, of course, we get to download of the videos and I go back and constantly rewatch it. 
because I'm breaking a lot of habits from investing, you know, and, and mm. even in trading, you know, I've bought some options, I've had some success and I've had some failures in it. And I always go back to say, okay, what do I, what did I learn from that failure? And then I go mm -hmm. back to the video and say, okay, now what would uh, Joe do in this situation? Right, right. Um, right, right. But I think it's important to, to get them to learn that skill early, not necessarily. I mean, I, and I get what you're saying about the, the whole trading piece, but just mm -hmm. to know that there's a way that you can make money, you know, in a quick time because one of the things I, I, I was impressed by you only trade for what about an hour a day yep 60 minutes that's it so 60 minute trading where a lot of people sit there through the whole day <laughs> trading yep. thing so you know some people say well how do you make money in that short amount of time how do you focus on all the different stock options that are out there and all the things that you do so how is 60 minutes enough from your well, perspective well because uh, <laughs> Contrary to a lot of people's belief, the market really only runs twice a day. It runs in the morning and then it runs really hard at the end of the day. And every now and then you'll see the market move in the middle of the day, depending on what type of news comes out. So the most if you ever wanted to anybody that's new, if you ever want to see the most exciting part of the stock market, you know, uh, you know, look at look, you know, turn on your TV and see what happens right around 930. You're going to see the market really, really start. Orders come in. Everybody's excited. Everybody's been studying all night and we get into uh, into the stock market. Uh, I don't really start trading until about 945, 10 o'clock. And then I'm usually out of the market by about 11 o'clock because the market's going to either run up or it's going to run down within that first uh, two or three hours of the day. And then lunchtime happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, because you have, uh, you know, because the stock market is based off of the East Coast, Usually you'll have, you know, because it's the East Coast, the West Coast uh, cats. I don't really meet too many people from the West Coast that are right. day traders because you would have to be up at like 630 in the morning. So they really like trading towards the end of the day because it's like afternoon, you know, right around two o'clock is like 11 o'clock California time. So you'll see the market start to run again from for about two to four o'clock. But I like to trade the market when it's really, really moving because it's easier to predict the movements. Because once it fundamentally starts going in one direction, it's like a freight train and it can't really reverse, yeah. right? So um, I usually use one hour. I used to trade 9.30 to four o'clock every single day. And uh, that's the reason why I got glasses right now because <laughs> I ruined my eyes looking at a computer screen for eight hours. And I said, you know what? I don't know any job where you have to just be constantly looking at a screen for eight hours. We're humans, right? And as humans, we only really have the ability to really, really focus and be intense for about an hour a day. So I try to teach to trade in those hour sessions and then take a break, you know, and then come back maybe at two or four o'clock, trade another hour. You can trade two or three hours, but kind of break it up because uh, you're going to burn yourself out if you try to trade eight hours of that particular day. Right. Right. So another option that you have is uh, you do a little bit with crypto. Um, okay. So with, with the cryptocurrency, you know, a lot of people, again, they think it's a hoax, uh, <laughs> even though there's been billionaires, billionaires, millionaires made overnight, literally yes. made overnight with crypto. Yes. Um you know, how, how, how big is your crypto consultations been lately, just with everything that's been happening with, especially bit around Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other coins where, you know, now you're starting to see all these altcoins pop up and people yes. are getting antsy about things. 
Exactly. So right around when crypto started to really, really start moving, when Bitcoin uh, started to move, I think right at the beginning of uh, 2000, like right around mid 2020 up until now, uh, mm -hmm. my consultations were huge because the crypto market started to move. And as people started getting educated about the market, they started to say to themselves, hold up, this is a real asset class. Right. And then when you start understanding that in order for a stock or a crypto to even have value, a dollar had to be converted or some type of monetary system had to be converted in order for it to have value. Hmm. So the whole crypto space, a lot of people don't know this. There's $2 trillion circulating in the whole crypto. So if you took every single cryptocurrency out there for the dollar amount that was invested in it, there's over $2 trillion invested in the crypto space. And at one point, there was almost, I think, $3 trillion when um, Bitcoin was sitting at its all-time highs. Mm. So the market capitalization, what we were talking about earlier, kind of gives you an idea of where these particular cryptocurrencies can go. So, you know, when people were buying Dogecoin, I understood why they were buying Dogecoin and, a, um, and a, I forgot the other one that everybody was buying. But what I want you guys to start doing is look and seeing how much is invested in that coin like bitcoin for example i think is 700 or 800 billion dollars yeah so you know if it's a trillion dollars and you think it can go to two trillion then you can make two times your money and i think a lot of people are using the same mindset that hey i'm gonna go buy these cryptocurrencies that got small numbers and, 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 and maybe it can grow to forty thousand dollars a coin and i'm like it's almost impossible for that to happen because in order for that coin to grow to $40,000, it will literally mean all the money in the universe. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, Dogecoin, I think is like a $40 billion coin when it was 1 billion. I said, guys, there's a lot of room for it to grow. Why? Because Bitcoin was worth 150. I think Ethereum was worth 50. Yeah. So if those coins were worth a certain amount of money, it gave you uh, it, it was the comp, right? It, yeah. it had a value that something else can grow to. And, uh, and you know, a, a billion to 40 billion is 40 times your money. But some of these numbers that I see are just obscene and just not realistic for those things to go to. So th there's nothing wrong with in, in investing in anything. Just know the value of it and what it can grow to. And I teach that a lot in my uh, webinars. Yeah. And it, I think it just goes back to people look at volume. Like I know there's a, was it Shiba is one of the. Yeah, that was coins. it, the Shiba coin. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, you can go. Like, and, I got a million coins. I'm like, okay, yeah. can that value grow to it? Like, can Shiba go to a dollar a coin so that you can become a millionaire? Right. Yeah, and people just had that mindset that I, I know they said, you know what? I can afford to go out there and I can spend, you know, I'll put a thousand on Shiba. A thousand in Shiba will probably get you like 130 million <laughs> coins or something like that. Right. You know, so yeah, if the decimal moves over one place, okay, you might have a little something if it goes over, but it's going to take, if it does any of that, it's going to take forever for it to happen. So, but you could take that thousand and put it somewhere else and see your value jump up a lot quicker. And who yep. knows if Shiba will take off, you know, there, yep. there's, there's, there's got to be, you know, some value behind it, you know, some fundamental exactly. value, you know, to, to have it. And that's just like Dogecoin. You know, at least you had Elon Musk going out there and tweeting and, and then it was going crazy where everybody was like, oh, yeah, we go buy Dogecoin because he's going to be on Saturday Night Live and he's going to talk about Dogecoin. Exactly. 
Exactly. And they never really saw that. You know, it had a mm-hmm. little small pop here and there. But if you got in it mm-hmm. in the beginning when it was less than a, a dollar or less than a penny, I should say, then, right. you know, yeah, you made some money off of it. But, yep. you know, a lot of people don't think like that. You know, how many people could have been billionaires if they would have bought Bitcoin at the beginning when it was exactly. a dollar or less? You know, now yep. it reached highs of 60000 So all of those things, and, you know, it's just, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And, and, and that's what scares people. Like when, when the average beginner investor looks at the market, they look at Bitcoin and they see $30,000. And then in their mind, they're like, $30,000 is a lot. That's how much a Honda Accord is. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, that's not what you look at. That is an illusion. That $30,000 could easily be $3. And they're like, what? But, 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 but. Three thousand and you know three dollars and thirty thousand is different, and I'm like, no, it's not because it's what Bitcoin can grow to. Right, Bitcoin can be a million dollars a coin right now, but if it's a billion dollars in market cap, and it can go to a hundred billion dollars in market cap, that means it can go from a, a it can go from a million to you know a hundred million dollars a coin. Right, and and people don't understand that part of it because they're so focused on that big number they're so focused on 3000 for amazon or 2000 for google mm. that they don't think that they can make any more money because that four you know that four uh, figure number is so big to them and i'm like guys that's not where you make your money yeah. i've seen people buy penny stocks i've seen people buy companies that were a dollar or 2 dollars a share and they were bigger than companies that had $300 a share share prices. So you guys got to get educated so that you know what to look for. Right. That's important. So I know you got a, a big challenge uh, that you've been working on for your cyber truck and based <laughs> off your crypto investment. And right, right. I've been I've been watching you because I'm like, and now the cryptos <laughs> pop back up. You're like, all right, now I can I can really get all the bells and whistles on it. So <laughs> did you handle the cyber truck investment? Or I guess you it didn't start off as cyber truck. It was just your crypto investment and then you saw the cyber truck. And did you do stock mortgaging for that or was it just yep, yep, of, I sure okay. did. So uh I put in my order for the cyber truck, I think in 2018, I believe, when the mm-hmm. uh when the, when it came out. So the, 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 the thinking behind that was the same uh, way that I looked at the, uh, the Tesla, right? I don't want to spend, you know, $100,000 on a Tesla if I can put, you know, $30,000 into it. So I had the same um, mindset behind my crypto, right? If I believe, if they're telling me that, that Bitcoin could be $100,000 by the end of the year, and I could put a $5,000 investment in it and it'd be worth $100,000. Yeah, I'm going to take the 100000 and buy a truck with it. But I really only spent five grand. Right. And uh, I try to make people challenge themselves on, you know, items that they might want in the future. It doesn't have to be ignorant like me with a, with a cyber truck, right? <laughs> it could be. It could be uh, an investment for college. It can be a down payment on a house. And I know right. a lot of people that do that. And, uh, you know, they'll take an investment that, that you know, they might take a $10,000 investment. And my thing is 10x. I always look for companies that can 10x. What do I mean by 10x? I look for companies that can grow 10 times their value. The only way that you can know if a company can grow 10 times its value is not by looking at its share price. It's by looking at its market cap. So when I find companies, for example, let's say, um, you know, I'm looking for a company that can grow 10x in it. And I love the payment space. I always give this example. And I go and I find Visa. And I see that Visa is a $300 billion company. 
And then I go out and I look for a company that's similar to it. And this is exactly what I did. And I went out and I found something like a Square mm-hmm. or a PayPal that was similar to Visa. Well, at the time, Visa was like a 200 or a 300 billion dollar company. So that means if I want a 10x, I got to find something that's 20 or 30 billion dollars that can grow 10 times its value. Right. right. And I got to see that it's growing in value. I got to look at its last year, see if it's doubled or tripled, see if it's still growing in value. So, um, you know, um, I took that same steps in crypto. You know, we looked at Bitcoin, we looked at Ethereum and the number that we're looking at for Bitcoin is 14 trillion. I know that sounds like a lot of money for you, but it's really not that much if you get all the institutions and you get the world invested in the crypto space. So, uh, you know, when Bitcoin was a hundred billion dollars, um, and I know a lot of people are probably writing down these numbers when it was a (laughs) hundred billion dollars to 10 X was a trillion, right? So we knew that Bitcoin can go to a trillion dollars, not because it had a catalyst behind it, but it was because there were other asset classes that were already a trillion dollars. Apple's a trillion. Google's a trillion. Microsoft's a trillion. Amazon's a a trillion. There's a blueprint there. Yeah. So can it grow to a trillion too? Well, we have other things that's done it. So it can probably do it. And sure enough, Bitcoin, when it was a $5,000 coin, it was $100 billion. When it was $50,000 a coin, it was a trillion dollar company. Mm. So the fact that it had room to grow made me realize, hey, maybe if I put 5,000 in Bitcoin, you know, as an investment, uh, and, I, and I did the, uh, the cyber truck challenge, I said, guys, if Bitcoin ever gets to a trillion dollars in market cap, it's going to pay for my truck. And I always advise people to kind of play that game with their sales to, to get them invested in the market. So I call that the cyber truck challenge. So every day, everybody's looking to see how much Bitcoin is to see what type of truck I can buy once it comes out. You know, is it going to be a cyber truck or is it going to be a Tonka truck? <laughs> yeah, the Tonka truck. And I, was, I know at one point it started dipping. You was like, well, if I have to, have to downsize and get that Tonka truck. Now. <laughs> Most death. Most death. All right. Well, one, one last question I want to, to throw out there, because mm-hmm. I see a lot of people getting in that in this, especially a lot of young people. But what are your mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Forex trading? So Forex, Forex is just like anything else, right? Um, Forex is just like stock investing. It's just like um, options. But Forex, in my opinion, is more on the trading side. Now, Forex has its own language, at least in the stock market. Like when you turn on your TV, if you turn on Bloomberg or CNBC, most people most of the things that you're going to see, 90, 90% of the education or the stuff or the charts that you see are going to either be stocks. You're going to hear them talking a little bit about options, and you're going to always hear them talking about the futures market. Mm-hmm. You rarely hear even the, 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 uh, the big-time mutual funds talking about foreign exchange currency. Foreign exchange currency is pretty, pretty advanced. So if you're going to do it, you have to learn how to trade. You got to learn how to read charts uh, because you're working with a lot of leverage. And I know a lot of uh, our youth are jumping into it because they can take $100 and turn it into $10,000. But if they don't have the correct fundamental basis behind what they're doing, 
they're going to struggle in Forex just like they struggle in anything else. So again, that's why I teach what's called price action. Mm -hmm. And when you learn price action, it doesn't matter what asset class you go to. I have Forex traders that come to me and learn the what would Joel do method. I have futures traders come, crypto traders come to me and they trade whatever asset classes they're in. But now they're learning oh, you know, these different patterns in the market, these flag patterns in the market, their entry points, their exit points. And I don't even have to be there with them. I can just look at a chart and I don't even have to know what they're trading because everything is going to look the same way right. on every chart. So once you learn the fundamental basis of uh, trading on a chart, there really isn't anything that you can trade. But foreign exchange currency is a little bit advanced. So I always tell people to make sure um, they understand that when they get into it. Uh, you can make a whole bunch of money, but you can lose a lot either. In my opinion, I think you should start out maybe in the stock market, maybe in the futures market, maybe in the crypto market before you start venturing into the foreign exchange currency market. Okay. Well, Joe, I, I definitely appreciate your time. One of the things that I wanted to put out there is to make sure people know how to get in contact with you if they're interested mm -hmm. in your services Okay. Um, so if you could share that, you know, also any, any social media accounts that you, uh, are connected with your services, uh, that yes. would be great if you want to share that. Right. Yeah. So, um, you can, um, everyone can reach me on my app. It's called the, what would Joe do app? WWJD. You can find that on, uh, if you have an iOS or an Android device, you can go into the store and you can find my app. Now the app is free. Now there is a membership service there for your traders. All right. So for you traders out there that need an alert service where I send out options alerts or I send out stock alerts for hot stocks, then you probably want to take part in that. Uh, as far as social media, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. So I am, you know, I've gotten better and, you know, I'm older, but I've gotten a little bit better at being on Instagram. So you can probably find if you if you if you're on Instagram, you can find me at Joel the Ninja Trader. Uh, go ahead and follow me. And uh, you can watch my stories. And, uh, you know, I try to show people what I'm buying there. And uh, the same stories that you'll see on Instagram, you're going to see on Facebook. So even if you're on Facebook, you're not going to miss out on a lot of my posts. And if you're on Facebook, you definitely want to join the inside of trading room. Uh, it's a free room that's available to everyone where you're going to rub elbows with a lot of different uh, powerful people out there. Um, as well as other traders or investors that are in the market. And I, I love that particular room because that room's been open for over 10 years. And it's almost like an almanac. You can come into that room. You can literally type Joel Apple 2007. And every single post that I ever talked about or mentioned Apple will pop up for you. So a lot of people love that room because it's receipts there. Uh, you can even go to the receipts tab and see if I've been talking about the company and if I've made money on that particular company. Uh, you can also book consultations uh, through the What Would Joe Do app, but a lot of people go through uh, the What Would Joe Do Facebook uh, page, and uh, you can also go there and uh, you can book consultations there if you wanna do a one-on-one -on -one with me. Um, my consultations are 30 minutes long. You can ask me anything about the market. I have people that have the craziest questions. And because I'm an active trader and I'm an active investor, 99% of the time I can answer 
whatever question you have or try to uh, direct you or guide you in the way that you need to go in. Or, you know, a lot of people come to me and ask me realistically if certain strategies can work. So um, I'm a strategy specialist too. Well, I'll talk about your strategy. So those are all the different places that you can find me at. Um, But uh, if you really want to get in contact with me, uh, the What Would Joe Do page is the fastest way through Messenger to contact me personally. Okay. And do you still use the PayHip site? Yes, yes. I do have the uh, www.payhip slash what would Joel do. Uh, That's where you're going to be able to find my videos. But the easiest way to find my videos is going to be through the app. And when you go through the... when you go through the, the iOS or the Android device, you're going to get access to those access to the videos that I have available. But um, if you can't find me, you can always just Google what would Joel do? <laughs> and you can also find me there and it will direct you in any di- uh, any way that you need to go. OK, guys, so there you have it. I'm going to also share this information in the notes for this podcast. So you'll have that. Uh, I would 100% I endorse Joel. He does a wonderful job in getting people right and understanding the stock market. You just have to do your part and follow, just follow the instructions. I mean, it's, it's that simple. If you follow the instructions, you pay attention, take notes, take the emotion out of it, you can make money. And Joel is proof of it. And if you join that insider trading room, he shows receipts along with a lot of people. They're showing receipts on a daily basis. And it's not to flex. It is to say, you guys can do this too. And they're sharing the companies that they've invested in. So um, I definitely uh, suggest that hundred percent. Joel, I appreciate your time today, sir. Uh, I thank you for this information. I'm going to be continuing to follow you and I'm sure the <laughs> listeners are going to be following to see what happens with the cyber truck challenge. You know, are you going to leave that and go to the Hummer? You know, that is that, is that the next, <laughs> next wave to go to say, I am, I am looking at that Hummer EV, but, but Bitcoin is going to have to run a little bit for me to be able to afford that. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, we're going to be looking out for you, praying for that, brother. But uh, I, I definitely appreciate your time. Thank you again. And we will be looking forward to possibly having you back on here once you get the truck so we can talk about the next big thing that's going to that's gonna be the challenge to go with. Well, uh, good luck, Ricky. Uh, I appreciate you having me out today. Um, you know, this is my passion, as you can hear in my voice. Uh, I'm an active trader. You're not going to it's rare to kind of see a, a teacher that's out there that's also in the trenches with you. And uh, this is my way of giving back, man. So I appreciate you asking me to come on. Uh, and, uh, you know, anytime you want me to come on, man, I, I'll be here. I want to thank Joel Rodney Harrison for joining us again on this episode of the Airflow podcast. I appreciate the information he shared. And hopefully everybody was able to glean something from that uh, when it comes to stocks and trading and just understanding that it doesn't take a lot of money to do it. Uh, It just takes the right kind of knowledge and knowing when to get in and when to get out. So it's very basic. uh, But Joel is very good. And and please be sure to, you know, follow him. Um, He he shared with all of us. He shared with us the social media uh, tags for him. Uh, so please check him out. Join him on the in, in the inside of trading room uh, that I'm a part of, and, and and really just continue to look at how you can build wealth through you know diversifying your portfolio. And this is something that you know as kingdoms, this is as kingdom citizens, this is where we where we need to be. We need to be telling a full story of of what we're doing. Now we have spiritual, physical, financial balance, and we have to be able to moving that thing you know on on a daily basis because there's so much that god has waiting for us so again as kingdom heirs you were created to flow 
So flow on. <laughs>